Podcast, me, Adam Hunter. I'm here with the great Sean McCorkle, who has light. You're not in your bedroom. I think this is the first time I've not seen you in your bedroom. Uh, but I hope you're doing well, man. How are you? That sounded, that sounded uh, wrong. But first time <laughs> I'm not seeing you in your bedroom. Uh, no, I'm terrible. Except I have uh, sold uh, almost $20,000 in dogs this week, so I'm doing all right. Congratulations, man. Yeah, I went from selling none for a month, and I thought, dude, I'm going to end up with eight dogs I can't give away. To uh, turns out if you blast it out on social media and pay a ton of money for advertising, then you get a bunch of weirdos that want to buy dogs for insane amounts of money. But uh, actually, most of them don't want to buy anything. They want to talk about dogs for hours at a time, but they don't actually. Well, want to buy I mean, them. well you got four, and for twenty thousand, so you still have four left, and you could probably still breed more, right? Yeah, yeah, no, it's going to the puppy mill is going to be at full up running uh, production here by this time next year. I'm going to have like a factory where it's just dogs fucking all day and putting out. No, it's been, a, dude, it's been a lot harder than I remember. I used to breed dogs back in the day. It's been a lot more work than I remember. But uh, sure you do it right. I always hear horror stories about dogs that just had too many babies and their stomachs are yeah. all fucked up and this and that, you know. Well, no, man, there's, they've got, there's, I mean, there's, a variation, not to have a dog lesson that no one cares about, but uh, there's a variation of these dogs called Merle that is actually a genetic, it's a genetic uh, problem where their color gets real weird and spotted and strange, but people think it looks cool. So even though they're genetically defective dogs that will die early, people will pay $30,000 for it. Like to have a, and it's like, it's so, they have so many genetic problems, like half of them die at birth. But that's what everybody's breeding now because you got a bunch of idiots that want to make twenty to thirty thousand dollars on a dog, and it just—I won't have anything to do with it. That's what ever, half of the people contact me. Hey, do you have a Merle dog? I'm like, I don't breed genetic defect dogs that can barely walk when they're born. You know what I mean, or whatever, or whatever, like for six months because uh, they just want the coloration because people are idiots. So yeah. Anyway, no, I'm breeding high quality ones, man. Doing it right, treating them right, and uh, I don't know the meanest little suckers you ever seen in your life. I'll tell you that they're the meanest little dogs. They say beat the hell out of each other. So. Well, can I tell you about, about my week? Because as crazy, sure. crazy, as your, <laughs> crazy as your week. So I don't know if uh, people follow me on Instagram that watch the show. And I know some people do. But uh, so July 4th, you know, I, I took my um, my daughter, my wife, went to the Sparks game. Now we have like tickets. This guy gives me all these tickets. It was It's actually a great time. Uh, if anybody's in L.A. WMA, Other than the basketball. It's great. <laughs> they actually, they, uh, they won and um, it, it was a blast. So then I'm supposed to leave from Miami Monday, uh, Tuesday uh, to, to do a, a, a show. And then I was going to drive from Miami to Fort Myers to Naples to do shows and then back to Miami, do more shows, fly back. Right. So it's Monday night. I'm doing my laundry because I had to get some you know clothes that I had, whatever. And then I'm like going to my trunk of my garage of my car and like getting my t-shirts and yada yada 
All of a sudden, it's 12.30 at night. Me and my wife just watched the BET Awards, you know, because I had it on tape. I wanted to watch that. Yeah, right, right, right. So I'm like uh, doing, uh, I'm in my garage, and all of a sudden I hear, Err! you know how you hear that, like, huge screech, like, Err! but then normally you don't hear a crash. You just hear, Err! Right. well, I hear, Err! I'm like, well, that's, that's like getting closer, you know? And then, boom, right, my whole fucking house shook. And I was in the garage. The guy, so a, a guy was speeding. He got into it. He, he hit and run two other cars. Thought he can get away. Went going. And I live in the middle of the block, the middle of the block. I, I guess I don't live on a corner or whatever. Like, and then he, he did a, a U, he tried to make a U-turn and went right into my garage. Right. He went into my gate. He dragged my gate and then hit my car, which was parked. I had two, I have, my wife has a, a SUV. I have a, a Ford Fusion. Hit my Ford Fusion, went into my garage. And then boom, I'm just like, I'm like, we're hit, we're hit. So I get out of the garage because I was doing laundry. And I told my wife, I'm like, we're hit. You're like, I'm hit. I'm like, somebody <laughs> like, hit our house. <laughs> I'm like, the guy hit our house. And I'm, she's like, oh my God. I'm like, go get the baby. And, uh, and my wife's mom's staying with us. I'm like, and, and like, and like, get your mom, right? So then I go outside to see what, what's going on you know like so i i like go outside i'm like hey are you okay are you okay are you okay and this guy is like uh he's like stumbling out of his car and he's like i'm okay and he just takes off running like like this guy like should be on like the rams because he now there's a fucking he had an suv he drove an suv into my house right into my car to my house so now the fire department comes uh, the police come, we have to wake up the baby and, and it's gas, it's gasoline smell everywhere. He had fireworks in his SUV. The guy had fireworks and he had, and he had a tank of gas, right? right. So now, uh, my, now my garage is fucked. You can see inside my garage, my gate's off. Like my gate is off and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and I'm supposed to leave at, at like noon to go to, to go to Florida. So I have right. to call. So now I'm on the phone with JetBlue for two hours. To, to, to redo my flight. And then I'm on the phone with dollar rental car because I already paid for the car for another hour. So I don't get it to bed till six o'clock. Then I wake up at, uh, at nine. My wife's like, the news is here. I'm like, what? She's like, they're downstairs. So I'm gonna want to talk to them. She said, no, they want to talk to you because my wife uploaded the, the footage onto the Ring app. And, right. and then the news, I guess, looks at the Ring app. And that's how they get their news stories. So then the news was downstairs and I'm like, maybe I, maybe I should do like ambush comedy now. It's a great time. And they're like, yeah, you know, my wife wanted to uh, smash last night, but this is not what I had in mind. And all these like, you know, worst DoorDash guy ever. But I just told them what happened. But uh, did, did you see the uh, news story? I did, man. No, I clicked on it. My phone locked up. So all right. So this is, our, this is for our, our, uh, our, um, wait, maybe, hold on. I think I have to get this off. Hold on a sec. So yeah. So then I had to, so now I'm in Florida right now, but I had to get, take an 1130 flight. Instead of 11:30 a.m., 11:30 p.m. to uh, to I had to go through Boston first, and um, so I had to go through Boston all the way to uh, to Fort Myers. So a four-hour flight would turn into a 14-hour flight. Yeah, I, I did the, the show last night. But here, here's the, the news story. Good morning. And a doorbell cam. Yep, it was rolling. Take a look. Hey, you all right? You all right? Yeah, I'm all right. Where are you going? Wow. Yeah, it happened just after midnight. Please. <laughs> where are you going? Yeah, I was like, where are you going? First off, the Mercedes crashed into a car making a U-turn at Corbin Avenue and Hart Street. That second crash happened around the corner 
after the car lost control. You can see right here, it went into a driveway, took out the gate to a home, and then crashed into a parked car and garage. It also somehow clipped the roof. The driver took off as the homeowner confronted him. My car is totaled. I mean, this is my car. Uh, this was my car. Um, and it's fine. Lost right there. My garage is caved in. There's stuff on the other side of it. Thus, kind of have a garage sale. So there's like. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. So that's that's my my week uh, so far. Uh, Did they catch the guy? No. But the thing is, I know like his. Uh, like we, I like we have his information. I have his address because he left it in the car. So we have his name CJ by any chance? Because it sounds like he's playing Grand Theft Auto in real life. Like it looks like, <laughs> dude. It was, and then my, and then my wife's scared because we went on the guy's Facebook and this and that and the yada yada. So now my wife thinks that he's been circling the block on his bike. I don't know if it's him or not. Um, so uh, uh, so now she's staying at the Marriott Hotel. And she's like, where? Uh, and with, with with the daughter, and she's like, where are you? You should be home right now. But she, she told me, I'm like, I, I, you know, I've already been paid for this this comedy gig. I already laid out the money for the flight, um, yada yada. But uh, yeah, it's crazy. Um, you should have just pulled a shop. Anytime shop doesn't sell tickets, he claims he has COVID, so he's had COVID like 17 times and cancels his shows. He's like, sorry guys, got COVID again. I can't take the chance. But his last one was the best. He didn't sell any tickets in San Francisco. Like literally, he didn't sell 10 tickets. And uh, so he said that uh, he had to cancel a show because the comedy club said, you know, with them recalling the DA out there, it's just too dangerous right now to do a show in, in uh, San Francisco. It's too dangerous for a comedy show. So they had to uh, cancel his shows. I was like, yeah, they're too dangerous for someone to bomb um, <laughs> yeah, possibly no. or whatever. But um, that was his latest. He'll never accept that he just didn't sell tickets. It's like, it's the craziest thing. But the club called me and said, listen, we can't have you here. The DA's being recalled. Like, okay. I mean, the first hour is hard but usually the best hour because it's yeah. all the time the second hour is really hard because you don't have that much time you know or especially if you're trying to get stuff out he should have took more time but enough about i'm not talking about brendan i'm about my fucking accident bro like um the guy well, was just from a car wreck to a train wreck it was a natural progression sorry for me to go to brendan shop yeah dude it was <laughs> it's crazy the guy was like 175 pound like black guy just fucking, you know. Doesn't matter what color he is, but okay. Doesn't doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm just, I'm just describing him. Um, but my first thought was maybe I, I should like go tackle him because, right. and then, then I'm like, what am I gonna hold him till the cops get there? Uh, you know, like. Good luck with that. If he just he just did a got in a car wreck and jumped out unharmed and did a forty yard dash at four four, you know, like uh, crazy. I mean, the dude is like uh, he's in the wrong field. I I kind of like. I, I don't want to say I, I people are like, man, that was so nice of you to check on it. But I didn't even think, of course, I'm going to check on the guy. I, I mean, I'm, I wasn't angry at him. I mean, he did just crash in my house. But I want my first thing was, I hope this guy's OK. I hope he's not dead. Like, are you dead. all right? And do you have insurance? Please tell me you have insurance. <laughs> his, his, his airbag didn't go off. Like he like I can't believe the airbag didn't go off. Number one, uh, I can't believe he just got out like unfazed and just ran away. He said he was all right. I thought I was like, sit down, sit down. I was telling him to sit down. He didn't listen. Um, but man, that was uh, the comments are fucking hilarious on my Instagram. People were like, worst heckler ever. Like, where did you stay? Somebody said, are you having a crash sale on those TVs? Like people, thought, I like the thing is, I really do have like TVs and stuff. I told about the garage. So I've been lining up all the stuff against the garage door. 
And then when he crashed it, like there's like glass everywhere. I'm not even, it's broken. People thought I lied. I'm like, yeah, there's like, some, like you should have said there was like Picasso's there and a Lamborghini, right. like right. All, all that stuff. But I really, I wasn't lying at all. That like everything I said about the TVs is this thing. It was just- So was it actually his car? Like he was running from the cops or something or was he just drunk or what? I mean, I can't prove that he was drunk, you know, but in my uh, guesstimation, he was drunk. It was July 4th. He, he hit, he hit a guy before that the guy got out of the car to exchange information and he just took off. So right. I think it was his, his mom's car was who it was registered under. Um, and he, just, now, do you think that because he's black or do you think that because it's just a suspicion you have that it was his mom's car? Yeah. Because his mom, you jumped to that, you jumped to that suspicion. Very no, quickly, because his mom had, because it was his mom's uh, registration. I mean, his, mom's oh, okay. his mom's insurance information was there. Um, oh, I got you. Or, or, or whoever it was a woman who I believe is his mom. And then he just like, <laughs> like your mom's so fat. You wrecked her car on July 4th into my garage. And she started roasting. Awesome. Give me a dude. It was crazy. I mean, people are like, this only happens to me. This really does only happen to me. How many people does like, a, and then other people are like, dude, you're so unlucky, but I was there an hour before he crashed. Like I was in the spot. He hit the back of my yeah. car, getting my t-shirts out. And then also, uh, you know, I was taking out the garbage too, which they didn't even pick up the trash on Tuesday. I would have like got killed for trash that didn't get picked up. Number one, I'm taking it And people were like, you're, you're the most unlucky. I'm like, I think I'm pretty fucking lucky to be honest. Cause I'm that right. idiot who like, you hear like, I'll run to the, oh, I want to see the crash or like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. but uh, other people were like, man, you're so nice. A lot of people wouldn't have like, Worried about somebody else. I'm like, dude, of course I don't worry about somebody else. Like, I'm not, I don't, I thought the guy was dead. I thought he, I thought I had a dead, I had to take out a dead person from the front of my house. You yeah. know, it was, uh, it was and then, like, my daughter was like, so she, my daughter's so cute. She's three years old and she's like, maybe we should call him. I'm maybe we should, maybe he'll come back and say, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, like, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't hold my breath on that one, but <laughs> he might. She's like, you think he has a twin brother? I'm like, I don't, she's like, I think he has a twin brother. I'm like, <laughs> like <laughs> Dude, I, I I took my daughter to the the, uh, the Sparks game, and her favorite part of the game is the um the mascot named Sparky. He's like this yeah. dog. That the whole time he's this dog that like break dances and gets everyone going. And she goes, "Can I pet him?" I'm like, "No, no, you can't pet the mascot." <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, man, I, have you ever had anybody drive into your house? No, man, I had the meth head in my uh, pole barn the one time. Um, trying to think if I've ever had anything crazy happen, like. Uh, no, I don't think so, man. It seems like so, at some point, something, I, I sounded a little familiar. It seemed like something happened like that, but not to my house. I can't remember. Like sometime, uh, I think one of my businesses I had, oh, I had a deer jump through my uh, plate glass window of a business I owned one time. And uh, the, um, it's a long story, but um, a deer jumped through and then I kept saying stuff to the uh, owner of the building, like, well, at least the butts were finally starting to come in and finally got some dough in here hung the guy because he had to replace the glass he was so shitty about it like uh kept trying to find a way to make it my fault that a deer jumped through the plate glass windows like well i mean i don't know that i should have to cover this like the owner of the building i'm like well, why should i pay for it did you think i had like a a deer feeding stand here inside the thing like why is that my problem dude right away people are taking it, it's like well this is what like, aren't, like well you're the liberal who uh said that we shouldn't have guns don't you wish you had a gun now i'm like like, and then somebody else was like, people were funny. Some people were like pretty funny. They were like, uh, um, uh, how much are those TVs? You know, a lot, a lot of those things. And then also somebody said, uh, somebody said, oh, this is what you get. Um, there was a, a gun joke 
uh, being a liberal. Oh, someone's like, yeah, now we should ban all cars. I'm like, dude, this is not like, does everything have to be political? Can't we just like. Dude, anymore it does. It's crazy. It's every, that's why I even said, I didn't know if you were being serious when you sent me the text. I thought you were setting up a joke and the words you're serious. I was just like, thanks Biden. But, yeah, uh, no, I was being totally serious. And I, but I'll tell you, man, like a part of me felt bad for the person. Like as, as fucked up as it sounds, like people, I just felt bad that dude, like this didn't have to happen. You know, like, right. like you shouldn't have been driving drunk. Don't have fireworks in your car and gasoline like an idiot. You, but you shouldn't have then hit and run. Now you went into a house. Now you escaped. Now your whole life is on a fucked up traje- trajectory. Like over what? Like you just like, explained every feeling I had watching Brendan Child's comedy. <laughs> I swear to God, like every feeling. I'm like, dude, you didn't have to do this. Why? Why did you tell that joke? Like, why would you film your own special? You're the worst comic ever. Like, you could have done something else. Why are you torturing people? Like everything you and I actually. Everybody wants my reaction video to Shab's stand-up comedy. I started to film it. I feel, dude, I feel bad for him. Watching his comedy, I start feeling like, I feel like we used to have a kid that would jerk off during class. He was maybe a little bit mentally challenged, I'm thinking. Um, or maybe just really horny. <laughs> but um, he, uh, His head was really big. But he, uh, he would jerk off during class, and people would always laugh at him, and I felt bad for him. Like, I was sitting there thinking, I would get uncomfortable, almost as uncomfortable as if I were the one doing it. Like, I was just like, dude, it felt so bad for him and that's how i feel when i watch child's comedy i start like actually feeling sorry for him like i can't believe like what the fuck is not a punchline let alone to 17 different jokes you know like it just it, i don't know i mean it's just crazy that like the guy has a lamborghini uh or whatever <laughs> and he's like he's made a living off his comedy which as podcasting which is pretty incredible and he should be very happy but instead he's threatening to sue people on youtube right and well, that's like, the, the deal is if he wasn't such a prick to everybody and didn't step on so many people on the way up, people wouldn't hate him. But he's a he's such a dick. I mean, he it told me everything I need to know about Shab. The first episode of Ultimate Fighter when Kimbo Slice comes in, he's like, fuck that dude. Like he doesn't know him, had never met him, had no reason to hate him. Um, and just starts talking shit. But that's Shab Shab. I remember um, I don't know if I should tell this, but I remember you telling me back when you first met Shab, you're doing your podcast, and he's like, uh no, me and Brian are going to use the studio now, Fox Sports. We're, uh, we're, we, uh, we use the studio for podcasts that have listeners, you know, like trying to say that to you. And you're like, dude, what is your problem? Like, dude, they would go like an hour. They would go an hour over. My guests would come and leave. Like, yeah. like and then I, and I'm like, I called up Brian. Brian said this. Well, Shab would be like, we're not ending. He, he didn't give a fuck. And then I, right. called, up, and I called up Callan. I'm like, dude, my guests are leaving. He's like, well, we, we get better ratings. But he said he he said he didn't mean it like that. That he meant. Wait, did he say he gets better rapings? Because I know that's true. <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, no, that's when you told me that. That's when they told me that. I tried to get you to tell Shaba and Calvin that I would bitch slap. I would fly out there to bitch slap both of them at that studio because when I did that, you know that audition I did for uh, Spike TV. I think yeah. I told you that before when I was out there and Shaba started running his mouth while I'm doing something. I stopped right in the middle of it, asking if he had a problem. So I was about to beat his ass, man. Like it, I really was, and it was awesome because uh, Adam Carolla was teaching Stephen Bonner how to box. I don't think he knew who Stephen Bonner was. So he's like telling him like, no, dude, let me show you. He starts holding pads. And I, we're at a Adam Carolla studios where they're doing the audition. And he's telling Bonner he doesn't know how to throw a punch. Like, no, roll your shoulder, do this and that. And I'm sitting there thinking like, uh, does Adam Carolla know he's talking to a UFC fighter who was pretty much known for his striking, you know, or whatever. But it was, uh, I like Adam. Adam Carolla's a, me and him politically, he's like see right eye to eye. But uh, yeah, I've uh, hung out with him a couple of times. It's so funny because I kept, uh, 
I kept introducing him as that guy from the man show. He seems like he's a little bit embarrassed by it. I'm like, you've seen him before, right? The man show, like the people and they, uh, yeah, him and Jimmy Kimmel try to hide from that show because they did blackface and everything else on there. But yeah, I like Carolla too. I think that he um he's really funny and he also never has have has given a shit about what people say. Like he's like, I'm no, I think I don't know. he he's he's really funny. I, he also was a boxing instructor. He was a straight boxing. Was he? Okay, well that makes yeah. a little bit of sense then because I thought it was a strange thing to do. Like, no, no, he like legit was a boxing instructor for like a lot yeah. of years. So maybe he was trying to tell him. You know how boxing instructors will always say that MMA guys throw punches the wrong right. way but it, it's not the wrong way they just throw because they're not using 12 ounce gloves or 14 ounce gloves and you know and they're also just you know it's a different kind of throwing punches like yeah. i think corolla kind of got mad he's like hey do you want to pass this and no, man, i'm just like i was just laughing watching bonner bonner's like pouring with sweat getting ready to audition for this thing from hitting the pads with corolla because he's too polite to say no he's like ah, let me show you a few things he's like showing him how to hold his feet and how they do like Bonner's work with the best striking coaches in the world. He's like, okay, cool, man. Thanks. Here, let's do another more reps. He's like, guy sweating and you know all that. But yeah, I was about to smack the shit out of Shab and Callen both that day, um, just for being cocky and mouthy or whatever. But Shab, he all of a sudden he must have been looking at his Gucci boots or whatever. Because as soon as I asked him if he had a problem and stood up, he just kept looking down his shoes and walking away, like looking down. I was like, where are you going? You know, whatever. Like, because I was about to, I was about to fuck him up, man. Like I was, I didn't, I didn't like him then, and he's always got something to say about me. Like I sent you that clip where Rogan's talking about how funny I am on his podcast. Shab's like, is he even alive anymore? Like he's always got something to say. Like he's always got. So this is, I am going to slap him. When I, listen, see I don't want to make this podcast, but I don't care. Right? Okay. Like, 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 you know, gives a fuck. Who gives a uh, fuck? I fucking, I love you. I, I, I love Greg. I love Don. I spoke to Don. He's been in the hospital. He's, he's had a rough go. Talked to him like three times. Doing much better now. But man, he, uh, he's, he's. Had I asked him how he is. He's like, I'm not a pussy like you, so I'm doing fine. I'm like, man, Don is. <laughs> hard to the very end man like hey you feeling better yeah if i was a pussy like you i'd just be in the hospital for six weeks i'm like oh, okay no I, problem i really wish i would have recorded me telling him because he didn't watch the fights so uh, i was like no how are the fights this week i'm good i go so i told him that israel won which he did and i think adesanya is like the worst kind of main attraction because either he's incredible and he knocks you out quick or he wins boring every uh, other fight it changes Dude, I turned it off in the second round. I literally, I paid for the pay-per-view. Second round, I turned it off and went to sleep. I was like, I'm not going to watch this bullshit of him just standing there throwing jabs every now and then. I knew how it was going to go. I knew how the rest of the fight was going to go, you know, and it did. Didn't even, and I assumed he was going to win, but I didn't even, I was like, I'm not going to watch this. I can't wait to see him get knocked out by Piero, though, or whatever that uh, Brazilian dude, man. Well, as far as this one goes, do you think Cannoneer was just happy to be there? Uh, Or... Dude, sometimes, man, it, it sometimes when a guy is so much better than somebody, it makes them look like the guy's not trying, you know what I mean, or whatever. Like uh, that happened with when he fought the Marvin Vittori guy. Vittori looked yeah. like the worst fighter that ever lived. Or even Max Holloway fighting Volkanowski. I was going to bet on Holloway because I was like, I thought he won the last one. Either the first or the second one. I can't remember. I thought he won the one that he got a split decision on. And I was like, there's no way he'll outbox Max again. But that Volkanowski makes it look easy. Like he made Max look horrible. I was like, has Max ever fought before? Like while you're watching, like, dude, he looks horrible. He can't hit him. He's, his distance is all messed up. But I still, to this day, man, I don't understand. And I guess, I don't know the inside story, but if I was Conor McGregor, I would go to 145 and whip Volkanowski's ass. I think he destroys Volkanowski and wins the 145 title again. I know he doesn't want to cut to 45, but he can make it. And then he could be a champ again. I, I think that's think the easiest fight. Like, he's like, it's probably like 210 right now. Oh, yeah. Well, now he's all juiced up. Yeah, he looks massive. Plus, his new teeth probably weigh extra, uh, too, with that porcelain he's got in his mouth. But he, uh, 
I mean, he was, I know he was struggling to make it back then, but he, I think he beats the, Volkanovski's exactly the kind of guy he beats. So short guys, you know what I mean? Without much uh, reach. And I think he'd knock him out. I think he's too big for him, but him fighting, McGregor fighting 170 is the dumbest thing in the world. He's going to get mopped. If he fights Masvidal, he'll get mopped. If he fights Diaz, he may or may not win. I don't, I think they're just going to try to ruin Nick Diaz's career though. Like make him wait out till he's 45 to fight again. Like, I don't think they're, uh, well, I don't think they're, uh, I guess one of the Nelk, the Nelk, boys have a podcast which is really popular i've never right. watched it, never watched a minute of it so i can't comment either way um but they had a guy interview uh diaz did you, did you see that that uh that clip where he uh, slapped him yeah i didn't know if that was real and everybody said it was staged but I well i asked uh jake shields because jake's you know boys with them it was completely legit jake said was it? jake said it was totally real um because that guy talked shit about you know it, the problem i think these guys is they don't realize like like uh, not that I haven't talked shit. I talk shit a lot of times, but I, I try to do it in a funny way, right. way. And if I do talk shit, then I go. Uh, normally, sometimes I'll I don't know. I'll text the person, "Hey, can I write this joke?" And sometimes people go, "No, don't say that." And they go, you know. Right. And then I tell them to go. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Well, this guy was just said like this guy sucks or like he wasn't making any jokes. It was just right. about Diaz's boy, their friend who just lost, who was undefeated, good fighter, good wrestler, just lost. And Nate just smacked the guy, which was, right. I mean, but the way they responded to it, which was like, I got smacked by Nate Diaz. They kept posting about it, which is why everyone thought it was fake. But I don't right. think, I don't think Nate's going to be the kind of person to be like, you let's do a sketch and I'll smack you. No, um, no, they're, no they're as legit as it gets, man. They're not playing around. It's uh, the Diaz brothers. They don't, they genuinely do not give a fuck, man. They don't, they, uh, they're they're as real as it gets that's uh everybody and everybody loves them no matter what like people talk shit about them sometimes but the fighters respect the hell out of them no matter what they say because they got the biggest balls of anybody man but nice guys ever in person but they will slap you like they really will like them uh it doesn't matter who it is they'll uh slap you i didn't know if that was set up i know the elk boys or brothers or whatever i'd heard of them i didn't know that was one of them but yeah that sounds uh i think most people don't care if you give them a hard time as long as it's funny if you say something that's funny even if it's insulting yeah. it's usually cool you know what i mean or whatever yeah. but, uh, like it's uh that's awesome he smacked him let's probably do more for that guy's career than any interview he could have done you know so 100 yeah, um uh, by the way i went to the uh henry cejudo calls up like, hey want, want to get a, a, a smoothie i'm like all right so i go henry to get a smoothie at his, at his hotel then he's like yo we're all going to the convention come with us next so now i'm in a i'm in a a, a, a bus with like vince vincente luque henry uh what's was it name? a short bus <laughs> how small he is i don't know oh yeah what's his name was in there um uh cody stamen was there kiesa uh it, it was tatiana suarez so now we're all going to the convention right to because and um it was a lot of fun it was it was cool i got to you know hang out with all the people i haven't seen in a while and and then henry's like yo come come up with me and like sign autographs so now I'm now I'm on top of the thing where like all the fighters are like Corey Sanhagen and, and people were signing autographs. Dude, the line was like five hours long. And people coming in to say hello to Henry, and then people were like, "Yo, why'd you sit? Why? What's up with you and Moreno?" Like some Mexicans got mad at him for that. Right. And then I just started making fun of the people. Henry's like, he was filming it, and I'm like, "Look, I'm like, uh, this guy's not allowed near schools because some of these people had like belts on them. They were carrying belts, but right. like they were the champion." 
their wives they probably were, are. Their wives <laughs> we were just have it. They probably actually won that belt. Their, their wives were embarrassed. These people were like, you could tell their girlfriends were like, what are we doing here? Some people's kids were embarrassed. The kids don't want to be there. Uh, and right. then there were some kids that wanted to be there. And then they were taking pictures. And I'm like, uh, on kind of three, you say, I'm, I'm a, a virgin. Like, I just kept making fun <laughs> of them. Dude, I got to get the clip and put it out because me roasting the fans and, and Cejudo That's was awesome. like, Cejudo was laughing. <laughs> um, and then Cejudo then confronted uh, O'Malley. Did you see that? Uh, yeah, I did see him. But yeah, Maui looked a little bit shook by it, man. Like, he didn't know what to, he definitely didn't expect it. He's kind of sitting there like... <laughs> well, like, Drunk Henry is pretty funny. Like, right. he's basically, like, you know, five foot two going around bullying people. <laughs> like, he's in every shot. <laughs> like, he, and he's got that guy, Division Figueroa, with him, who's just like, uh, what are we doing here? He doesn't speak right. English. Like, get me out of here. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Henry's pretty damn funny. But I think they should let Henry fight Volkanovski next. I mean... Dude, I wish that'd be a, that'd be a great fight, man. That would be a, a for real scrap, man. That would be awesome. It's uh, I think Cejudo actually wants to be paid fairly though, so he'll probably never fight again. Like if he wants to, you know what I mean? Like wants to. I love that he. I love that he like embraced being cringy. That is the best thing ever. Like they were like, it was like, dude, you're so cringy. So then he took it up a notch. Like he made it even worse. You know, like I love it that he. Uh, well, sometimes I help Henry with his like his like tweets. You know. Right. I mean, like, write them. And, and then it's the funniest is, like, when people are like, Henry Cejudo's out of his mind on Twitter. <laughs> like, I can't believe Henry's <laughs> saying this shit. Like, Volkanovski's like, he's tweeting some weird shit lately. <laughs> like, that, that was like the time Mitrione gave me his Twitter password and regretted it within 45 minutes and took it back and changed it. I was like, what happened to your Twitter? And he goes, dude, you can't go completely, like, off the reservation with, you know what I mean, or whatever. And I was like, I was like, I didn't know, dude. I just, I, I write the same stuff on my Twitter, you know, or whatever. He's like, yeah, that's why you're permanently banned. I was like, oh. Okay. By the way, I don't do it all the time, Henry tweets, once in a, once in a while. It's like, if you ever see me retweet what he wrote, that's usually when I like write, when I wrote it. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you who I felt bad for. I've never seen a worse game plan in my life than Sean Strickland. I mean, oh, God. talk about like, and he was being really funny at the press conference. He, he yeah. walked in there wearing that like, you know, janitor belt and janitor keys. And it was like, he was making fun of everybody. Janitor face. <laughs> telling people that their dick was this big. And I mean, he was hilarious, you know? Um, and uh, I don't understand what he, cause I, I watched him spar. That's how he spars. His chin up, hands down. Yeah. He's going against other MMA guys. Like what he said, like no glory guy. He's like, face it, I could be the glory champion. No glory guy or no K1 guy could beat me in kickboxing. I was like, oh, no. Like, I think he might actually be dumb enough to, to believe this. And then right. right away, he just goes straight forward, gets knocked down. And then afterwards, puts on Instagram, I would do the exact same thing. He goes, I wouldn't change one thing. He goes, I wanted to see how hard this guy hit. And then, and then Pierre is like, let's do a rematch. <laughs> we have an immediate rematch and do the same thing. What a nut. That, Strickland is something else. I love how in the press conference he was like, I don't know, this guy hits pretty hard. He'll probably knock me out. He just like goes ahead and just says it, you know? Like it's like, it, um, when I was getting ready to fight Hunt, the UFC tricked me into fighting. Uh, it was going to be my first UFC fight, and I didn't want to sign the contract because I didn't have an opponent. Opponent was to be determined. And I was like, well, I don't want to get served up to somebody you guys are trying to build because I'd seen some of my friends do that. Like they come in and, oh, by the way, your first fight's John Jones. You know, like it's like, they would, uh, as John Jones was being built up, and they were like, well, no, it'll be another first-time UFC guy, whoever it is. And I'm like, okay, so you're going to get another, I thought like a Travis Brown type guy, like somebody else that was 8 or 9-0 and coming in, you know? Yeah. And then they sent a contract over, uh, the bout agreement. I already signed the contract, the bout agreement a week later, and it says Mark Hunt. 
So I text my agent, uh, Monty Cox, I said, hey, is that like Mark Hunt from Iowa, like a wrestler or something who's like 5-0? and Or is that Mark Hunt from K-1, the world kickboxing champion? He was like, well, it's Hunt from K-1. But if uh, I, I said, they said they were giving me a first-time UFC guy. He goes, it is a first-time UFC guy. And I'm like, well, technically, but he also, ah. his last five fights where he gets the best five guys in the world. You know what I mean? So it's like, and so um, everybody's like, boy, you better work on your kickboxing. I was like, why would I ever work on my kickboxing if I was going to fight Mark Hunt? If I box or kickbox with him, I'm getting knocked out. You know what yeah. I mean? So there's no reason. I worked almost only takedowns. I didn't work on any stand-up at all. It's like, if I stand up, I'm getting knocked out. You know what I mean? So that's what, the thing with Strickland is you're not going to outstrike that. The dude knocked out Adesanya twice. He probably can strike a little. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I, I don't understand the game. I don't know, man. Some guys, believing your own hype can be a good thing, but also it can be a really bad thing when it works yeah, out Yeah, like I think that. his ego got him there, but then it eventually killed yeah. him. But don't you think yeah. that, um, like, you're his coach, right? Because he, he's with, he was with, like, a bunch of, I kept getting kicked out of camps, is what, what I heard, or, like, asked to leave. Hey, man, because all he wants <laughs> to do is spar 24-7, go 100%. Right. You know, it doesn't give a shit if you hurt anybody. But he's with Extreme Couture. Like, Eric... Nickersack, I think his last name is. Don't you think that uh, um, at a certain point, they're like, okay, here's the game plan. Let's, you know, jab, jab, duck in for a double, you know? Right. All right, uh, single leg, get him against the cage. Single leg, get him down. Let's work our jiu-jitsu. Like, there's no way they said, okay, walk straight forward with your chin up against this guy. I mean, is he just uncoachable or they're just maybe like, he doesn't listen and maybe that is what they told him so that he would do the opposite. <laughs> like, listen, just go in and box with the guy. Cause it, I was amazed, man. When um, I fought uh, Christian Warcraft and he kicked my ass, he did low blow me and hit me in the back of the head, but nevertheless, he beat me. He'd have beaten me anyway. Um, so he fights Pat Barry or Mitrione. He fights Pat Barry and Mitrione back to back on me. He stands with both of them. Wouldn't stand with me. And I was, my stand up wasn't even good. And so I asked him after, I was like, dude, no offense, but why would you stand with Pat Barry? He goes, everybody said I was afraid too, so I was going to show him I wasn't. Uh, and I'm like, okay, cool. Well, why didn't every – I wish people would have told you you were afraid to start in a triangle choke with me because, you know what I mean, or whatever. Like, you didn't stand with me. You kept taking me down and beating my ass, you know what I mean, or whatever. And same thing with Mitch Rion. I was telling Matt, I said, dude, if he gets a hold of you, good luck. I mean, he's not – he doesn't have skills as a wrestler, but he's heavy as hell, and his ground pound's rough, man. I said, it is. It's, it's. And so Matt goes out there, beats his ass easily, standing up, knocks him out. Didn't even try one takedown, so I asked Warcraft, I said, dude, I'll be honest with you, I was rooting for Matt, he's my buddy, but what were you thinking stand up with him? That's the only way he beat you. Oh, everybody said I couldn't take one of his punches, I wanted to prove I could. And I'm like, that's, dude, prove something against me then. Somebody picked the worst game plan against me sometimes. You know I, I mean? I've like, never seen a worse game plan in my life. I mean, maybe the Ronda Rousey game plan was against Holly Holm, but even that, right. even that, I think she tried some judo. I mean, this Strickland thing was like, that was terrible. And the fact that he's like, I didn't learn from it. I do the same thing. <laughs> like, that's insane. I, I um, think those guys might, uh, a guy like that, Pierre, too, it might be, he may have lulled him into a sense of security. That's kind of what those guys do. Mayweather does that. They just tap you a little bit. They don't do anything crazy. And you start feeling like, hey, I can stand with this guy. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Like, I, I can take that. Because Hunt hit me a couple times. And I was like, hey, the first one hurt. But after that, I was like, dude, this, he ain't going to knock me out. That ain't that bad. And then his left hook that missed me almost knocked me out. Like I felt the wind almost blow me off my feet. And I was like, okay, I'm better pull guard. But uh, yeah, they, uh, a K1 level or glory level striker, dude, there is no way. I had sparred, Tim Sylvia's good standing up. I had sparred a bunch with him. The difference between him and Mark Hunt isn't even the same planet. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Like Hunt was so much faster, moved so much better, controlled distance. And I was only in there with him for a minute. But in that minute, I was thinking the whole time, like, holy shit, he's about to knock me out. Like, dude, that's how fast that was. Like, everything he did, I thought, holy shit, like, that dude can move, man. You know, like, so, it's I mean, a whole so different. So you think that guy beats Adesanya? 
I, if he beat him in kickboxing, I don't see any way he doesn't beat him in MMA. And, uh, like, I mean, to beat him twice in kickboxing, anything can happen, obviously, it's with the four-ounce gloves. But uh, I think when you hit it – and, dude, he's got to walk in at 215. I don't know how heavy he was, but Strickland's a big 185, and he looked way bigger than him. So, I don't know. I think they said he walked in at 217 or 219 or something. I don't know if that's true. I read that somewhere. But if you're gaining back 30 pounds – and you're only fighting 185, but you could tell what he hit Strickland with, man. That was, and it wasn't even a big wind up, you know what I mean, or anything. That was a little short. The guy's got ungodly power, man. I just it, don't uh, know about his takedown defense. That's the thing. If yeah. Because Israel's been training wrestling a lot longer than he has. Right. So, That'll be interesting if Adesanya will take, try to take him down and not, Adesanya seems like he would be uh, smart enough to do that, not prideful and be like, oh, I'm going to outstrike him, you know, or whatever. And, if he did that, we'll see. But it's uh, Adesanya's not a great – if you're not a great wrestler, um, you don't necessarily have to be a great, you know, takedown defender if you're fighting a guy that's yeah, really striking. My friend – my friend who's the other comic is here. He's walking, oh, yeah. He's walking around with his shirt off. People are going to think I'm, like, cheating on my wife. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out why you're at a hotel when you're in L.A. right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm – not, I'm in Florida. I'm joking. I know. Uh, it would been awesome if you were in L.A., though. Uh, Sean You're like, yeah, someone crashed into my house. That's why I'm at a hotel with this guy. Yeah. That's why. Uh, Sean, the Sean O'Malley fight. I mean, he was losing that fight. He lost the first round, <laughs> and he didn't look that good in the second round. I no, and celebrates like he just knocked the guy out when he gets disqualified or whatever, when it's a no contest. He's out there jumping around like he raised his hand like he did something. Like, and then he scraped the guy's eye. I mean, I know right. they, they tried to say it wasn't that bad, but sometimes it doesn't look as bad and it's way worse than it looks. Sometimes it looks terrible and it's not as bad. It's a, one of those things where like your eyes a weird thing. Like, it, like pe people don't, it's not like it always, whatever you see is what's happening with your eye. I know yeah. that, I, Dude, I, you know, so. I would be the first person when I saw it, I was like, oh bullshit, that didn't hurt your eye. But I would be like that. But when I fought, um, oh God, what is the guy's name in Japan? Um, the real good judo guy in Japan. I can't remember uh, his name. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Sichi or something? Or uh, Yeah, Satoshi Ishii. He poked me in the eye when I was on the ground. He threw a hammer fist and his pinky hit my eye. It went behind my eyeball, into my eye. I felt it rake like the nerves behind my eye. I have never felt pain like that in my life. Like, it was the worst thing I've ever felt in a fight and anything. It's worse than, I mean, it's worse than anything. And for an hour I couldn't see like it really did. So I, like I, I give people the benefit of the doubt. Cause if you watch that video where he hammer fists me, it doesn't look like he hit me in my eye at all. Or broke my yeah. eye. But it's, I still have double, when I look up, I have double vision to this day. It's been sometimes it looks like it's worse than it is. Sometimes it's like, it's a weird thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that guy was trying to get out of that fight. I honestly, no. well, he said he got poked more than once. He said, if you watch the first round, he got once or twice got poked. Uh, but dude, they need to do so. I swear to God. You know, in basketball, if you foul somebody, it doesn't matter if it's on purpose or not. It's a foul. There's a penalty. They need to do a point deduction if it's a low blow, whether it's intentional or not. If it's an eye poke, eye poke should be two points because you can poke somebody in the eye and change the whole outcome of the fight. And the yeah. guy who gets poked, if he quits, then he's a pussy. You know, like it's, oh, he's a quitter, you know, whatever. So it's like you can't win, you know, no matter what. But uh, And it looked like O'Malley was looking for the perfect punch and the perfect right. kick. And that's a dangerous game to play because – you know, O'Malley has looked so good, but he's also got to put the volume on. You can't be giving away first rounds in a no. three-round fight. Not three-round so, fight. No, absolutely not. So, I don't know. I mean, look, I'm not not sold on O'Malley because he does hit really hard. He's really good. I just think it's one of those things he needs to not believe his own hype and, right. and get back to what got him there. 
because this was not the same Sean O'Malley that we've seen before in the past. Yeah. And um, I well, think- if they put him in there with somebody can fight, dude, you're going to see it's it's like a lot of guys. They look invincible against the you know guys ten to twenty. You put him with the top three guy, you're going to see a whole different world. You know what I mean? Like that. Well, they that haven't is fought a one wrestler different. yet. He hasn't fought one. That's wrestler. what I'm saying. Yeah. Like not one guy who wrestled in college. Has right. TV. And um. And that's by design, but you would think it's funny because you would think, actually, I can't blame him because I acted like I was the toughest man in the world. And I knew I was getting my ass kicked in the gym by good fighters. So people are like, do you think you'll ever be the UFC heavyweight champ? I'm like, well, I know what Jake O'Brien does to me in the gym. And I know what Kane Velasquez did to Jake O'Brien when they fought. So probably not, you know what I mean? Or whatever. And people would be like, dude, that's a loser mentality. I'm like, no, I'm just a realist. Like, I know if Jake O'Brien beats me up in stand-up wrestling, jiu-jitsu, everything, and Kane Velasquez whipped him. It whipped his ass in 90 seconds. It's probably not going to go good with me and Kane. Yeah, so at the same time, Sean, you know, a lot of guys at the gym are the best, and they just fall apart. Yeah, that's a real thing, dude. There's a guy, I don't want to say his name and embarrass him. There's a guy in Indianapolis who used to whip Chris Lytle's ass. He would beat everybody's ass in the gym. He would get ready for a fight, and he would pull out 45 seconds before the fight started. Couldn't take the anxiety. He'd be like, dude, I can't do this. I can't do it. Sorry, I can't do it. He'd just stop and not go out and fight. And everybody would be like, dude, he's such a bitch. I'd be like... He would spar with me as a 155-pound, 170-pound fighter, spar with me and beat me up standing up. I mean, I wasn't hitting full force, but he was unreal jiu-jitsu wrestler, but he couldn't couldn't perform when the time was like when he was – I think his record was like five and two in MMA, but he would pull out a half of his fights the day up. He just couldn't take the anxiety. So yeah. that's a real thing, man. The gym guys that are uh, – and then some guys are much better. Uh, Mitch Rillon was far better in fights than he was in the gym. Like it just – he had that extra gear he could turn on, you know? Yeah, they say Kelvin's like that. In the gym, everyone beats Kelvin. And, right. uh, and same with like, with like Clay Guida. I heard at the gym, everyone kicks his ass at the gym. But then, yeah. then the pace, you know, the pace he goes, you can't keep up with him. I um, heard in the gym, he, he actually isn't bald. But then when he fights, it's completely <laughs> bald. It's so weird. It must have something to do with having a retarded brother. I don't know. Uh, got it. I'm, I'm going I'm to be editing this one. Um, now, uh, <laughs> Cowboy Jim Miller. I had a feeling that was going to happen. I, I think Cowboy's been done for a while uh, since yeah. the McGregor fight. And... He looked good the first round. He was beating Jim Miller, but I don't know if he could have got out of that guillotine. I mean, Jim Miller is a great on the ground. So, but here's what I don't like. And I know I'm probably in the minority here, but I don't like it when a guy loses, even if they're a legend. Okay. And then they retire right afterwards. They take their their gloves off and they put it in the thing. And then they get the first, then the person who wins doesn't get to talk. The guy to the person that retired. And I, I get it. Like you're a legend and you, you know, you're entitled to do that. But I just think that maybe retiring right after the fight, you're not thinking right. straight. You don't know the opportunities. Maybe you didn't check your bank account. You're like, right. For example, <laughs> Felice Herring fought the other day, a couple of weeks ago, and she retired. And everyone's like, Felice Herring, congrats on your career, this and that, the whole thing, right? She announced yesterday she joined the Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. Granted, that's not MMA. But right. not necessarily retiring from combat sports. Um, right. So, like, this whole thing now of people are just, re- like, losing and then retiring and then getting the people to interview. And then, like, everyone's, like, cheering. for They're getting cheers now. The person who won doesn't get to speak anymore. Um, right. And it, I don't know. I, I, I understand <laughs> it. I just think maybe it should be, like, in the WWE or something where, like, they go backstage and they retire backstage, like, during like, a right. commercial, like, sort of a commercial or something or if a fight ends early retire then it just i wish i wish that would happen to me and that i could have retired right after that person just to steal their thunder like i'm also going to leave my gloves in the ring but we had a show here in indianapolis back in the old days of mma man like 2002 2003 probably i also don't want to say this guy's name because i respect him a lot but 
it was an ongoing joke for years here because he wore wrestling shoes in the fight because it wasn't regulated at all. Yeah. So he was a real high caliber wrestler in college and whatever. Anyway, so after his fight, he loses to a terrible fighter. He's too old to be fighting. And then the announcer goes, now, so-and-so, I see you've left your shoes in the center of the cage. What does this mean? Like he says it, and they're, they're at a 20,000-seat venue with about 1,500 people there. Some guy lost like a quarter million dollars that night on this event. He goes, what does this mean? And he goes, buddy, I'm retiring. We're talking about 30 years here. I put into this sport. And we were like, 30 years? You've been fighting since the 70s in MMA? So immediately everybody starts like Googling, like, how long is this guy? The guy's only had like 16 fights ever, all in the past five years. You know, he goes, we're talking about 30 years here, brother. He said, I, I'm giving it up. I'm done. And everybody was like, wait, when was the first UFC? Like, you know, whatever. But it was, uh, it was the ongoing joke forever. We were like, man, this dude's been fighting MMA for 30 years. I, mean, I thought it came out 10 years ago. Maybe I'm not being, maybe I'm going to get mad at me. And be like, oh, whatever. The person gave their, I get it. I just think you're taking away from the other person's win. They, they, they won. Right. Let him speak. And then maybe retire afterwards. But it seems like. I regret now not taking off my gloves and putting the center ring and them asking me what that meant and be like, nothing. I just didn't want to wear the gloves. And <laughs> <laughs> Take them off and then like, let everybody be confused by it. But, I said uh, Dylan Dennis like th- took out his tampon and threw it in. You know, right. and, then people, and then people were like, someone was like, that's a sexist. Shut up. Shut up. I don't, I don't, I don't want to hear it. You know, but it just seems like at one point that someone's going to take out their gloves and the person takes out their shorts. It's going to be like a game uh-huh. of like, <laughs> who can take out more shit? I, I don't know. Right. I just, I think that's. Clay Green is going to take off his wig, like throw it out there. <laughs> what does this mean? It's just oh, weird. Well. A guy goes to talk to the winner, and all of a sudden, like, oh, wait a minute, the corner was I. Uh, it goes right to the <laughs> other person. I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, Barbarana. You know, but, uh, on a side note, like, uh, it really did tell you when a Cowboy said that, that told you when he said, I don't love this anymore, you know, like, I don't like, I don't like yeah. this anymore. That is exactly how I felt, like, my last three or four fights. Like, after it was over, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I'm tired of this. And somebody be like, hey, you want to fight in Japan for $30,000, but we'll only pay you fifteen. but we won't tell you until after the fight's over? You know, like, it would be, like, something like, are you want to fight in three days in Australia for $40,000? I'd be like, sure. Like, yeah. you know, like, I mean, I don't know. It was... Um, they also lost. And people are like, I don't love this anymore. No one really likes getting punched in the face. <laughs> like, dude, it should be now. Anyone who says they enjoy they actually enjoy getting punched is a liar. It used to drive me crazy. People like, yeah, well, yeah, I was glad he hit me. Like, no, you weren't. No one likes it. It's not fun. I've never seen anybody like I, the guys two are the best. who like, I, I don't get nervous at all before I go out. I'm like, really? Cause I've been in the locker room. You look like you're about to shoot your pants before it started. Like everyone is afraid of something. It, it may be, I was never afraid of getting hurt. I was afraid of being embarrassed. Like that was my fear is of being embarrassed. That's why I don't do stand up. Like, I told you before, I don't want to do stand up because I know I'm going to bomb probably several times. And the thought of going out there and no one laughing for 20 minutes as I stand there is enough to get me be like, dude, I don't want to go through that, let alone 100 times. Who am I? Brendan Shaw. So many times, though. <laughs> so many times you're up there and people aren't laughing. But like, there's two ways you can go. Like, all right, I can phone it in and then beat myself up. And I know the bat on that ride home, it's going to be my fault. Or I can right. give it my very best shot and know that I went out on my shield. You know, and that's- what well, part of the reason that I think I could do it is because I actually do know I'm funny. Like, I don't think there's a lot of stuff I don't think about myself, but I know I'm funny. Like, I don't I don't ever doubt that I'm actually funny. Like, I know because uh, I just am. But um, not even funny, witty. I can come up with stuff pretty quick. And so I kind of thought, like, uh, the time I did do it, when you talked me into doing it and then you weren't there. But uh, no, it was out of state. But uh, I actually walked half the room. I didn't realize till after I was like, a lot of people are leaving. They're like, yeah, they were like really offended by your R. Kelly story. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like, I didn't know, like, 
But um, yeah, it's, uh, when I was doing it, like when people weren't laughing, I just kept thinking, this just means there's something wrong with them. You know what I mean? Yeah, or if you don't think that's good. funny, what I'm saying? That's, that, that means that's number one. It, and then there's also nothing, you can't get around it. It's like, I want to be a black belt, but I never want to tap. Right. Like, yeah. Like basically like, no, no, you've never done it before. You're going to get, you're going to tap. No, Dude, yeah. not me. I don't tap. Well, then you're going to lose all your limbs. Uh, right. So, that's what they did stop me. I almost stopped training the first three or four times I went to jiu-jitsu. When I got tapped out by 140-pound dudes, I was like, there is nothing worth this, like, worth this humility. Like, I was like, I'm not doing this. I, or the nights where you get, you've been doing it for eight months, you're feeling pretty good. Then the same guy submits you 10 times in one rolling session, and he just with the same thing keeps guillotining you over and over and over again. And I used to think, dude, I'm just not good at this. I'm going to quit. You know, before I'd ever fought or anything, I was like, I just don't get this apparently. But with anything in life, man, you got to accept failure. I always liked Norman Donald. They told stories about him. They said when he would bomb, he would just stand out by the door as everybody left and be like, bye. Like talk to everybody as they left to make them uncomfortable. If he did well, he didn't talk to the crowd at all after the show. But when he bombed, he would make sure he went out and talked to everybody in the crowd and made them uh, feel weird about it. But uh, Doug Stanhope one time walked everybody in the crowd, <laughs> but two people. And had to yeah. do 45 minutes for two people. They, he tried to get them to leave. They refused to go. <laughs> That's awesome. There was a time I went to, I think I was like in Idaho or something. And the, the manager was like in a bad mood. He picked me up from the airport. I'm like, what's wrong? He's like, fucking Doug Stanhope came here last week. And I was like, oh, well, well why are you mad? He's like, he shaved his balls on stage. I, I, go, I go, what? He goes, yeah, he had a bowl the whole time on the stool and everyone's like, what's this bowl for? And at the end he starts shaving his balls. <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess you gotta try everything. If you, if you wanna be good, you gotta give everything a shot. That's not the direction I would go with it. But. He, he was like, people don't realize how crazy he was. This is all before internet too. Like he would go on, he would go to the radio stations like in the town and say he was the, the God's comic and the comic of Jesus. And like, come to the show if, if, you're, if you're religious, just to walk those people, just so people would come. <laughs> I've heard he has horrendous health problems. Is that true? They said like he's like literally barely staying alive all the time. Like, I, uh, like he's got like, I've I, heard that through several people said, dude, he's almost dead, but he just keeps performing and going with it. Just like, I don't know. Like, when I was on Last Comic Standing, I got an email from him. I never talked to him before. And it just said, these cunts, right? That was the topic. <laughs> so, I click and he's like, these cunts said you took my joke on last comic standing. Uh, I watched the joke. You didn't take it. It's similar to mine, but it's not, you didn't take the same joke. If anybody tells you that you took my joke, give them my email and I'll set them straight. Like, I'm like, this dude's like protecting me from him. That's fans. awesome, man. Yeah. And th then every night he, at two in the morning, I would get emails from him be, be talking about Nancy Grace, how much he hates Nancy Grace. <laughs> like, <laughs> Just random, random shit. Like go, and then, and then I was like shadow boxing before my thing, and he'd be like, and quit before on TV. He'd be like, quit shadow boxing, you homo. <laughs> he said, Adam Carolla said you need to touch your shoulder more. And you're like, wait, what? Dude, he, he didn't say homo. He said something else. But yeah, he was. Uh, Stanhope was like, I'll, I'll never forget how cool that was to get an email mm -hmm. from him because most comics would be like, you took my joke, whatever, don't do a joke or whatever, even if it was similar. And obviously I didn't even watch stand-up stand by that point. I knew, I knew who he was based on the stories. I never watched his stand-up, um, which is terrific. Uh, but man, the dude was like, he was way ahead of his time. Like he, he. I heard that somebody accused Brendan Schaub of stealing one of Nick Swartzen's joke and Nick Swartzen got offended. Like I would never do a joke that sucked that bad. He'd stop mine. <laughs> I guarantee he doesn't get accused of stealing anybody's stuff. Like, dude, if he did it, it's not mine. 
Ah, oh, man. Uh, what do you think of the uh, the Robbie Lawler fight? That was a battle. Dude, it, it really surprised me. That guy. Uh, Barbarina. First off, that dude has the ultimate dad, Bob. That was the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, I've never understood these dudes. They're like Fedor clones physically. They never get tired. I fought this guy one time called named Tiny Norton. He sucked really bad. But, dude, he was 450 pounds if he was an ounce, and he never got tired. He never – he could fight at a pace like Cain Velasquez. It was the most unbelievable thing. And I was in decent – I was probably 315, but in decent shape, man. Like, I really was in decent shape. I'm gassed in the second round, like exhausted, and he's still, like, coming straight ahead, like, not tired. I'm like, dude, you should have had a heart attack a round ago, you know what I mean, or whatever. But some that, that stuff is crazy, man. It's uh, – I actually – my son – not to bring the mood down, but my son had some heart issues um, like 10 years ago or so. They had a, they were questioning whether his aorta was enlarged. And the cardiologist is one of the best cardiologists in the world. They have a kid's hospital here in Indianapolis called Riley. It's one of the best places in the world. So the cardiologist is explaining, do you have this symptom? Do you have that symptom? Do you have that? And after my son didn't have them, I'm like, I have all those symptoms. Should I get my aorta checked? And she goes, well, it is genetic. So either you or your wife has whatever he has, you know, for sure. And then my, or my ex-wife, and she goes and gets checked. Um, turns out she was just test positive for being a bitch. Like she didn't actually have a large aorta, but she did test positive for being a bitch. But um, she uh, she didn't have it. So obviously it's from me. So I probably have an enlarged aorta. Like I really do. Because they said, one of you two have to have it if he has it, you know. But it was every, like, do you get tired faster than you should in sports? You know, like no matter how much cardio you do, like for training for basketball, do you still seem to tire faster than other players? So I was like, everything she said was stuff I have. So I'll probably dive a massive coronary at some point. But uh, I don't understand these guys. Back to the Robbie Lawler fight. Lawler comes in in shape, looking amazing as always. This other guy has a gas tank for days. Looks like he's never been on a treadmill in his life. It's, it's mind blowing. Well, the other guy was a college football or high school football player, a stud, uh, stud wrestler. He trained at the lab. He, he moved to Tennessee and opened up a farm. Basically his neighbors taught him how to run a farm. Um, right. <laughs> and he's got all kinds of goats and this and that. And yeah, it doesn't always work out. turns out when you try to go buy a farm property somewhere and buy $10,000 dogs, it doesn't always work out. Great athlete, Barbarina. Um, and he just, uh, it was funny because the announcers were all on Robbie's dick. They were just Robbie Lawler, Robbie yeah. Lawler, Robbie Lawler. Oh, Barbarina can't do this pace. Can't. And then all of a sudden Barbarina just came back. And uh, I was super happy for him. Not that I don't like Robbie Lawler, I like him, but Barbara is a good dude. And he's just a lot of times on the receiving ends of just, he's one of those dudes, he's in every fight. And right. he tells me his, his corner, every fight is like, don't get into a brawl. Let's do smart. Let's stick and move. <laughs> and <laughs> the brawl. <laughs> 17 seconds in, it's, it's Rocky four, you know? Um, yeah. So, it's always it's hard for me, man, to not root for guys like because I like Robbie Lawler a lot. I know him personally and I like him, but Robbie Lawler's already hit the peaks of all it. You know, I mean, he's been the champ. He's had the greatest fights ever. And you see a guy out there looking like he just left Best Buy, like a shift at Best Buy, and going out there and just swinging for the fences and taking the taking the beating and keeps going, man. It's hard to not um yeah not no. root for a guy like that, man. And uh yeah, I kept uh he needs a new barber, I'll tell you that. Like I don't know what's uh, what he's got <laughs> haircuts, the worst haircut I've ever seen, but it uh He's got a hot wife. The question is balls, man, or his heart. That guy was, he was, he was taking an ass with him, dude. He took some of the shots a lot of guys wouldn't take, man, and just kept coming. So, um, also, uh, Jessica, I lost. She got beat pretty bad. Um, there was another guy from, uh, before that guy from Ireland, Ian Gary. See him? I didn't see that one, though. Paul, dude from Ireland, who uh, beat this guy, Gabe Green, who this kid's looking good. Like, just when I think that, like, Ireland's done producing stars. Yeah. They have this guy who, I don't know because I haven't seen him against the top level guys. 
but man, this dude's nine and oh, striking is on point. Like, I'm excited about this guy and just see, Jesse Dude, you know, Jackson. it's crazy. People used to say, man, there's so many Brazilians in MMA. Why is that? Like, Brazil has like what, 100 million people, 80, 100 million people in the country. Ireland has, I think, two million people, two or four. I can't remember. It's not very many. For them to be turning out, it's all because of McGregor. Obviously, the kids there want to be him. So you're good athletes are going to MMA instead of basketball, football, stuff like that. But it's uh it's amazing that they've got they've got what at least three or four or five good fighters now, right? The UFC. Yeah, they've got the uh we're like poor though, right? I mean, it's right working class, hungry people. I mean, McGregor was a plumber. That's what right. what shocks doesn't shock me, but like I'm just like McGregor, he knows what it's like to be dirt poor and still right. sometimes chooses to act the way he does right you know, like like you would think bro like hey man he didn't come for money and you just like like that who's that quarterback johnny football right johnny Manziel. Like, yeah he like didn't even need football when people are like he doesn't need football his dad has oil you're like man how much money do you have where you don't need football and you're a quarterback right, right. <laughs> like, like that's Turns crazy. out the rumors about cocaine being a hell of a drug are true because it's uh, I think that's McGregor's problem, man. For everything I've heard from the people on the inside, like that McGregor uh, loves him some cocaine. So that uh, dude, I tell you what, I've always been, I've never touched cocaine, always been terrified of it. I had someone describe it to me one time. They said, Imagine the first time you ever had sex mixed with the first time um, you ever fell in love mixed with. Christmas morning when you're seven years old, mixed with, you know, like all these everything's all at once. He said, like, that's what cocaine's like. And I was like, I don't need that in my life. You know they're I mean? lying like, to you. It's not that great. Honestly, like for a guy like you, who's been to the top of the mountain, uh, it's not, I feel like cocaine is great if you have an experience, like super highs. Right. <laughs> you know? But when I did cocaine, uh, not that like I've had, you know, I've had, I had some high stuff. It wasn't all that for me. Maybe everyone's different. But yeah. it, it was well, my buddy that told me that was also shooting it intravenously, so that may have been a <laughs> may have been part of the reason for it. He goes, "It's way better than snorting if you got wrong." Because look, at, like, look, at, look at how look at how how high McGregor was. I mean, I just it's crazy. I watched that Bobby Brown special because it's like a four part series, and right. they said like he had before he married Whitney, he had fifty five million dollars in the bank before Whitney, yeah. and he yeah. would go he would go to a place, see somebody's car, be like, "I like your car, I'll buy it off you." Give the guy cash for it and then leave it in the city. I mean, right. <laughs> he was just trying to copy Mike Tyson. I went to a, I went to a Bobby Brown concert. It's a long story, but I went to a Bobby Brown concert a few years ago. It was Bobby Brown and Keith Sweat. Keith Sweat was the headliner. And so I get there. I'm a little bit late. I get there. Bobby Brown is singing like whatever, Roni or one of his rock, which yeah. one of his songs. And his voice is so grizzled. It's like hearing Don Fry sing. And he's like, oh, rock, what's your yeah. you know, and then, uh, then he starts in the middle of a song, starts saying, sorry, the sound sounds like shit. Keith Sweat thinks he's so important. We didn't have time. This is why the music's going in the background for Roadie or whatever. Like Keith Sweat uh, didn't let me do a sound check because he's a selfish piece of shit. And everybody starts like going, oh, like cheering, you know, or whatever, like doing stuff. About to cause a riot there. He's like, I'm not ever doing this tour again. And then he's like, all right, hit it. And then, you know, like uh, my prerogative starts or something. I was like, was that planned part of the show? Like what's going on, man? Like it was a. It was an odd night. So. so Jake Paul is no longer fighting Tommy Fury. Shocker. Instead, he's fighting Hasim Rahman Jr. Um, who That's I, a bad idea. No. I watched this guy fight. He got this shit beaten out of him by um, Tommy Morrison Jr. Tommy Gunn Jr. There's a, there's a Tommy Morrison Jr.? There's two of them. There's, there's, I had no idea. 
there's two top, there's two more. I don't think the name was a Tommy. And one of them got knocked out recently. He was 20 0. The other one beat Rockman, who's like also undefeated. Neither of them look, they all fight like Tommy Morrison, but they're not Tommy. They don't have the power. They're not Tommy Morrison. Um, but this guy, Rockman Jr., was not very good. And I heard they used to train together, him and Jake Paul. So it seems uh-huh. like he's just handpicked. Yeah. That seems a little like if, yeah, well, if Jake Paul's trained with him and then picked him as an opponent, he knows he can beat him. There's a lot of that that goes on, like with last minute replacements, like, hey, my opponent pulled out. I've got a guy I used to train with. He said he'll step in and take it. Like, yeah, I bet he will. But, um, um, but yeah. I don't think I've seen Rockman fight. He fought uh, one time, uh, they had Mayweather was doing one of his little documentary things. And uh, I seen Rockman Jr. got in and boxed a guy that was there from England that was being a dick to people or whatever. I don't know what was going on. And they had like a, 15 round war or whatever he looked pretty decent but um i, I think that's I another know. rock one i think that's another oh one. it's not the same guy i don't think it's the same guy i think there's a couple brothers um <laughs> there's a lot of more there's a lot of more sense rockman's out there man it's weird it's like it, how it, many <laughs> how many kids do these guys have and then tommy fury and then there's a also like a vargas vargas's kid box sugar shane mosley jr i met um there's a None of them ever seem as good as as the only one that seemed better than the father was uh, Mayweather, because he yeah. had uncle and father to train him. I, yeah. I, but it, usually it does seem like you see that one they had a uh, uh, what's his name Frazier Marvis Frazier versus Tyson. Yeah, that was sad, man. If Joe Frazier was a great fighter, his kid was he's one of them guys that just did it because his dad did it, you know. Like and it's not uh, didn't work out so well. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, so. It, uh, they, uh, Dos Anjos is, is fighting Fazayev. Um, and Fazayev already got into it with like McGregor on Twitter. So I guess Fazayev was being nice and just said, hey, if you ever want to train with us. Um, so this is what Fazayev says. He, he goes, uh, I don't know who he is. Who's, he, who's Fazayev? He's 11 and 1 in the UFC. He's fighting Dos Anjos in the main event this week. Uh, he's a good fighter, good solid fighter. He, he beat Brad Riddell, he, he knocked him out by a spinning wheel kick. He beat Bobby Green. He beat Hanato Maikano. He beat Mark uh, Diakis. His last loss was to Magomed Mustavaya's spinning back pick, kick, uh, kick. That was uh, in 2019. Since then, he's won one, two, three, four, five. Uh, oh. He's won five in a row. He's from uh, Kyrgyzstan. So McGregor, this is what he, 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 he writes. He goes, uh, um, he goes, so he's watching some of uh, Fazayev's fights. And he goes, this is awesome. Changed the roundhouse to an axe kick, roundhouse into an axe kick, and his defense east to full of the heel. I'm telling you, the reaction to a high kick is this, implement the axe. That's what McGregor writes. So he goes, uh, hey, Connor, I invite you to Tiger Muay Thai, where we can show you how to kick and defend the kicks properly so you can stop living in fantasy world where you think it's impossible to land an axe kick in this situation. I guess it's a little bit of a, of a dig, but no. Right, <laughs> just a little. <laughs> I mean, so the McGregor writes, uh, um, I'm not disrespecting you. I'm telling you, I faced this defense habit a lot in my time where I was, I, I knew every high kick I threw was being pulled back from the hitting air. I then started to change to an ax kick that he goes, thanks for the offer. When I'm in Thailand, I will head for sure. Don't disrespect you. Thus, no disrespect either. Uh, training together will be beneficial for both of us. Trust me. It'll be much better before than you had in Dubai before. That's what Fazayev writes. And then McGregor goes, no bother, pal. Think of me as Tiger Woods with a 12 iron and your nose is the golf ball. And think of me sprinting for it with a running uh, switch kick and fuck your little bend back. You, you little bend back bitch, nobody bitch. Oh, you bend over. Wow. That's awesome. Congrats, pal. Ha ha. Wait, did he have an argument with himself there? Like he was 
Sounds like the uh, you should be thinking of the guy that crashed his uh, car into your house is Tiger Woods. <laughs> maybe you should think of that because remember Tiger Woods had a crash. Anyway, um, yeah. yeah, no, that's uh, that's I love when people argue with themselves on Twitter when they're like, like, oh, and this and another thing. Like the guys ain't responding. Like, yeah, I think about this. Like people are. I don't know. I wish I wasn't permanently banned on Twitter. They won't even let me sign up under a different email. It's like they got me pegged. Like I can never, uh, never post again. So this Saturday, he's fighting. Uh, Fazayev is fighting Dos Anjos. I like Fazayev in this fight. Um, I like Dos Anjos, but I think he's just a little bit too long of the tooth. Uh, Cal Barajo, who's 10 and 1, is taking on Armin Petrosian, who's 7 and 1. Uh, Said Nurgamegov, I think that's Khabib's cousin, 15 and 2, is taking on. Douglas D'Andrade, Chase Sherman, that guy I felt bad for. He came back every, uh, and, and like fought a fight on like one day notice against that guy from, right. uh, what's that guy from Moldova who just beat the living yeah. shit out of him in 18 seconds. Uh, he's fighting Jared, Jared Vendera. He's the guy that was on the bottom of that black dude who started humping his face. Remember? <laughs> I don't see colors, so that doesn't really ring a bell, but um, Chase Sherman's a really good dude, man. He actually, um, Fought my last fight I ever did. He was on the uh, undercard of that uh, down at Island Fights in Pensacola. And uh, dude, he he doesn't use his kicks as much in UFC. That dude kicks like a mule, dude. Like his leg kicks are brutal. I, I haven't seen him use it as much in UFC. Obviously, it's easier to land it at a local show than against UFC caliber stuff. But uh, I'd like to see Chase put it together. He's got balls, man. He's a big, strong dude and can strike. It just seems like he's had a run of bad luck, man. Just can't seem to get it to come together. And Cynthia Cavillo, who was there when I told a joke about her, how she. Her, her, her like boyfriend dumped her. She joined a gym to get revenge bod. Now she's ranking number yeah. five in the world. So guys, he's not cheating. He's inspiring. Um, right. It was a good sport about that. She's fighting Nina Nunez, who's she's the one who's, who's married to Amanda Nunez. Now, how how do you go about picking the last name if you're a lesbian? I don't know. I think it's uh one of them has to be the husband, right? Like don't I don't and I'm not being mean saying I mean don't they typically pick yeah. one that's the uh that's the like uh, yeah I think Amanda's the I don't know. I just remember when she said she was a brand new dad and posted a picture of her um, kid on there. So I guess she chose the man role of the relationship. But I didn't know her wife or husband fought. Like, yeah, I know Amanda, I did that. She's, she's, she's good. And uh, I, I remember when uh, somebody, there was a meme that Juliana Pena said this. I don't know if she said this. I have no idea. But she did. Damn. She goes, uh, the only strap she's going to get is the one she uses to fuck her wife. I'm oh, gonna, shit. I'm going to fuck that dyke up. I don't think Nunez said that. But I mean, Pena said that. But fuck. I would be, yeah, that would surprise me if she said that. That's a little, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Michael Johnson is taking on Jamie Malarkey. Uh, Johnson's a good fighter. He, he won his last fight. What, what are you laughing at? I wish I could fight a guy whose last name was Malarkey because I could think of a thousand different ways to say, this is just a bunch of malarkey. Like everything. <laughs> yeah, that would Courtney, be awesome. Courtney Casey's taking on Shevchenko, Antonia, who's lost like four fights in a row. She's the sister. Antonio, she lost to Casey O'Neill, Andrea Lee, she lo- she lost three of her last four, um, but she's fighting Courtney Casey. The UFC cards are starting to sound like a Star Wars movie. It's like everybody's someone's sister or brother. Like, oh, I'm your father. Like, you know, whatever. Like, it's like it. Uh, it's everybody. It's like it cracks me up, man. Like, have you ever noticed that every brother, like every famous person, has a less famous left? Like John Gotti had Gene Gotti, and Gene Gotti kind of looked like a like a slower version of John Gotti. wasn't as good looking, wasn't as charming. Like it. Uh, yeah, it's like it's everybody's like Frank Anthony Pettis. Yeah, exactly. It's, everybody's Frank Stallone, so you're going to end up having like Kevin McGregor is fighting Chuck Diaz, you know, on the undercard. Like it's going to be, uh, 
it's always, uh, yeah, it seems like they really do have it. So like, every, oh, this guy's this guy's brother, this guy's this guy's cousin. This, uh, everybody's related to Khabib, apparently. Like that whole, uh, I'm not saying they're inbred. I'm saying that they actually literally have like 15 relatives over there that are all fighting in, in, uh, in the UFC now. It's crazy, man. Like it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It is crazy. You're absolutely right. Uh, Rory McDonald fought in the PFL last week and lost, although I thought he won. Um, they gave it to the other guy, uh, to, uh, Sabado C, but I, it was both. I think Roy won that fight. It was bullshit. Um, They've got to do something about this judging, man. Like it, it is ruining the sport. Like it really is. I don't even bet on sports anymore. Like I just finally quit betting on it because I realized I was throwing money away, but it's, uh, I can't tell you how many, much money I lost on horrible decisions, like things that weren't even close. And it, uh, you got to wonder if it's rigged, man. Like you really do have to wonder if some of the stuff is rigged when you see these decisions. Like there's no way someone that understood anything about fighting could pick some of these decisions. Like there's no way. And then uh, Ray Cooper, the third who won the last $2 million, the last two years, I guess he missed weight and lost a fight. So they told him he was out of the tournament before his fight. Like they're like before the fight, they're like, you're not going to a million dollars. So he goes out there and beats the living shit out of this guy. <laughs> like, like he lost a million dollars and was pissed about it. All right. Uh, I, I would think, and I, you know, far be it from me to talk shit about people, even though I do all the time, but I would think if I was fighting for a million dollars, I would probably make weight. Like that's just like, just me. Like I would probably be on weight 48 hours before the fight. You know what I mean? Like I don't like when Jason Guida was on the ultimate fighter and couldn't cut an extra half a pound. And he was like, come on doc, like, well, give me a chance doc to the, guy that wasn't even a doctor um, or whatever. I would think if that's your biggest decision, like biggest opportunity in life, and you know eight to ten weeks ahead of time you have to weigh, and you're five foot nothing like him, like Jason Guida, you would think he didn't even cut his hair. Like shave your head. That's got to be a couple ounces of hair. You know what I mean? Just try I never it. it once. I, I probably had over 150 wrestling matches in high school and college. I never missed weight once. If it's no, dude, I would, I would. When I was fighting for Beltor, I cut 39 pounds in 20 days. To make weight for a fight because they called me last minute and I was three pounds away. I thought I kid you, I thought I was gonna die. I need to go to the yard. Like I was like, and they had to pull me out. I passed out in the sauna. They pulled me out. Tom Erickson just grabbed me like he was a caveman, grabbing a woman by the hair and pulling me out, like you know, just like it was nothing. Sat me down. It's like, do you want me to call an ambulance? And I was like, I will die before I don't make weight for this fight. Like I was like, I am not, which is a dumb way to be, but I was too, I had too much pride. I'm like, I'm not gonna missing 265 would be humiliating, you know what I mean, or whatever. Like you can't. You know, like, I, I just don't understand these guys, man. I don't, it, there was, well, I was never. I, I was so sucked that I would drink one of these things and then gain nine pounds just on that. Right. And people are like, it's only 12 ounces. I'm like, in your body, it's nine pounds. Like that's. Right, dude, I was, I, that's the honest truth. I was so dehydrated. I got in a swimming pool that night, like at the hotel, because I just wanted to be near water. I got in there and I sucked in a pound and a half of water through my skin in the swimming pool. I didn't drink it. I didn't, I got out because Tom Erickson comes down. I was like, what are you doing? Get out of there. He said, when you're that dehydrated, your body will pull water through your pores. I was like, dude, that's an old wives scale. Yeah. You know, whatever. That's right. the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I got on the scale, pound and a half over. I was like, I'd already struggled to get within three pounds, and now I got to cut four and a half. You know what I mean? Like, but it's a, it really did happen. 20 minutes of pool, and my body sucked in uh, water from the thing. And uh, it was awesome because they were giving me a pound allowance. And uh, that a-hole Bjorn Redney tried to say he doesn't do pound allowances. Like, I don't do pound allowances because uh, I was at 266 or whatever. You know, I think the fight was at it may have been a catch weight. I can't remember, but either way I had made the weight. He made me take off my underwear. I was like two tenths of a pound over my underwear was soaking wet from sweat. And I had to stand there naked. Then they dropped the towel. I'm just standing there in front of 200 people with my hand over my dick over 25% of my dick. But um, no, like I um, was standing there and uh, he, he goes, we don't do 
um, you know what I mean? Like, uh, we don't do the pound allowance. And I looked over at the lady from the Indian commission who I was friends with. And I was like, so he decides if and she goes, he doesn't, he's not in charge of what the weights are. We are. She goes, you do get a pound, you know, allowance, but uh, Bjorn Reby was a, he was a bitch. I can't stand Nothing was funny than mayhem missing weight by 24 pounds. And then taking <laughs> off his underwear and then going back on the scale. Right. Just, just in case, like, yeah, just in case that's, that's always the best when a guy's like, uh, I love when they get on there and they, and they look at it like something must be wrong. Like they're 12 pounds over. They're like, wait, what? Like, I was on weight yesterday. Like what's going on? Like really? Or, or when there. the guy loses like 30, 26, and then he's surprised that they raise the right. other hand. <laughs> Walks away. Like what happened? Like what do you, you had three consecutive 10, seven rounds. Like what are you, what are you surprised about? Like, it, uh, well, listen, somebody, man. I don't remember who it was. There was a fighter who acted surprised when he lost as a joke. Yeah. I don't remember who it was. I remember like they called it out like it was like 30, 25, 30, 26, 30, 24. And they raised the other guy's hand. The guy was like looking around like he couldn't believe it. I thought it was, uh, I don't remember who it was, but I loved it. That was so funny. Well, listen, you're the best. Uh, have a great weekend. And uh, I love you, Sean. Take care, man. All right, buddy. See you, man. Take care.